Section 19 of History of the Catholic Church from the Renaissance to the French Revolution by Reverend James McCaffrey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Brothers of Charity were founded by a Portuguese, who, having been converted by a sermon of St. John de Avila, devoted himself to the relief of human suffering in every form. On account of his great charity and zeal for souls, he received the surname St. John of God. He gathered around him a band of companions, who assisted him in caring for the sick in the hospital he had founded at Granada. After his death in 1550, the work that he had begun was carried on by his disciples, whose constitutions were approved by Pius V in 1572. Soon, through the generosity of Philip II and of the Spanish nobles, hospitals were established in various cities of Spain, and placed under the control of the brothers of St. John of God. They were invited by the Pope to open a house in Rome, and they went also to Paris on the invitation of the Queen, 1601. At the time of the French Revolution, they had charge of forty hospitals, from all of which they were expelled. The founder was canonized in 1690, and named as patron of hospitals by Leo Thirteenth in 1898. The Purists, or Patres Piarum Scolarum, were founded by St. Joseph Calazanza, 1556 to 1648, who had been vicar general of the diocese of Urgel in Spain, an office which he resigned in order to betake himself to Rome. Here he began to gather the poorer children for instruction, and as the teachers were unwilling to assist him unless they were given extra remuneration, he opened a free school in Rome in 1597. The school was taught by himself and two or three priests, whom he had interested in the work. From these unpretentious beginnings sprang the society of the fathers of the pious schools. The object of the society, which was composed of priests, was the education of the youth both in primary and secondary schools. The society was approved by Paul V and established finally as a recognized institution by Gregory XV, 1621. It spread rapidly into Italy, Austria, and Poland. Somewhat akin to the Purists were the fathers of Christian doctrine founded by Cesar de Bus, for the purpose of educating the young. The society was composed of priests, and received the approval of Clement VIII in 1597. Later on it united the Salmastians, who had been established by St. Jerome Emilian, with a similar purpose, but on account of certain disputes that arose, the two bodies were separated in 1647. The Brothers of the Christian Schools were founded by John Baptist de La Salle, 1651-1719. The founder was a young priest of great ability, who had read a distinguished course in arts and theology before his ordination. Having been called upon to assist in conducting a free school opened at Reims in 1679, he threw himself into the work with vigor, devoting nearly all his energies to the instruction of the teachers. These he used to gather around him after school hours to encourage them to their work, to suggest to them better methods of imparting knowledge, and generally to correct any defects that he might have noticed during the course of his daily visits to the schools. In this way he brought together a body of young men interested in the education of the children of the poor, from which body were developed the brothers of the Christian schools. At first he intended that some of the congregation should be priests, but later on he changed his mind and made it a rule that none of the brothers should become priests, nor should any priest be accepted as a novice. For a long time the Holy Founder was engaged in an uphill struggle, during which the very existence of the Institute was imperiled. Distrusted by some of the ecclesiastical authorities, 
attacked by enemies on all sides, deserted by a few of his own most trusted disciples, a man of less zeal and determination would have abandoned the project in despair. But de la Salle was not discouraged. He composed a constitution for his followers, and in 1717 he held a general chapter, in which he secured the election of a superior general. From this time the Institute of Christian Brothers progressed by leaps and bounds. The holy founder of the society was a pioneer in the work of primary education. In teaching, in the grading of the pupils, and in constructing and furnishing the schools, new methods were followed. More liberty was given in the selection of programs to suit the districts in which schools were opened, normal schools were established to train the young teachers for their duties, and care was taken that religious and secular education should go forward hand in hand. The society spread rapidly in France, more especially after it had received the approval of Louis the Fifteenth, and had been recognized as a religious congregation by Benedict the Thirteenth, seventeen twenty five. During the revolution the society was suppressed, and the brothers of the Christian schools suffered much rather than proved disloyal to the Pope. In eighteen o three the institute was reorganized, and since that time houses have been opened in nearly every part of the world. John Baptist de la Salle was canonized by Leo the Thirteenth in nineteen hundred. The Congregation of the Priests of the Mission, better known as Lazarus, from the Priory of St. Lazar, which they occupied in Paris, and as Venetians, from the name of their founder, St. Vincent de Paul, was established in 1624. St. Vincent was born at Puy in Gascony in 1576, received his early education at a Franciscan school, and completed his theological studies at the University of Toulouse, where he was ordained in 1600. Four years later, the ship on which he journeyed from Marseilles, having been attacked by Barbary pirates, he was taken prisoner and brought to Tunis, where he was sold as a slave. He succeeded in making his escape from captivity, 1607, by converting his master, a Frenchman who had deserted his country and his religion. He went to Rome, from which he was dispatched on a mission to the French court, and was appointed almoner to Queen Margaret of Valois. Later on he became tutor to the family of the Count de Gondi, the master of the French galleys. During his stay there, St. Vincent found time to preach to the peasants on the estate of his employer, and to visit the prisoners condemned to the galleys. The splendid result of his labors among these classes bore such striking testimony to the success of his missions, that St. Vincent was induced to found a congregation of clergymen for this special work. Something of this kind was required urgently in France at this period. The absence of seminaries and the want of any properly organized system of clerical education had produced their natural consequences on the clergy. In the country districts, particularly, the priests had neither the knowledge nor the training that would enable them to discharge their sacred functions. From this it followed that the people were not instructed and the sacraments were neglected. By opening a house in Paris in 1624, St. Vincent took the first practical step towards the foundation of a religious congregation that was destined to renew and to strengthen religion in France. Later on the society received the sanction of the Archbishop of Paris and of Louis XIII, and finally it was approved by Urban VIII in the bull Salvatoris Nostri, dated 12 January 1632. In the same year St. Vincent took possession of the Priory of St. Lazare, placed at his disposal by the canons regular of St. Victor. The congregation of the mission was to be a congregation of secular clergymen, bound by simple religious vows. Its principal work, besides the sanctification of its own members, was to give missions to the poor, particularly in country districts, 
and to promote a high standard of clerical life. The bishops of France were delighted with the program of the new congregation. Invitations poured in from all sides on the disciples of St. Vincent, asking them to undertake missions, and wherever they went their labors were attended with success. As a rule, St. Vincent established a confraternity of charity in the parishes that he visited, to help the poor, and above all to look after the homeless orphans. It was not long until he discovered that however successful his missions might be, they could effect little permanent good, unless the priests in charge of the parishes were determined to continue the work that had been begun, and to reap the harvest which the missioners had planted. At that time there were no seminaries in France, so that candidates for the priesthood were ordained on the completion of their university course, without any special training for their sacred office. At the request of some of the bishops, St. Vincent determined to give retreats to those who were preparing for holy orders. At first these retreats lasted only ten days, but they were productive of such splendid results that they were extended to several months. Finally, they led to the establishment of clerical seminaries, of which institutions St. Vincent and his associates took charge, and several of the dioceses of France. Before his death they had control of eleven French seminaries, and at the time of the revolution fully one-third of the diocesan seminaries were in the hands of his disciples by means of retreats for the clergy and spiritual conferences organized for their improvement st vincent kept in close touch with those whom he had trained and afforded them an opportunity of renewing their fervor and completing their education it was fortunate for france that god had raised up a man so prudent and zealous as st vincent to be a guide to both priests and people during the difficult time through which the country was then passing. From without, danger threatened the church, on the side of the Huguenot heretics, and from within, Jansenism and Gallicanism bade fair to captivate the sympathy of both clergy and people. At first, St. Vincent was on friendly terms with the abbot de St. Cyran, the leader of the Jansenists in France. But once he realized the dangerous nature of his opinions, and the errors contained in such publications as the Augustus of Jansen and the Frequent Communion of Arnold, he threw himself vigorously into the campaign against Jansenism. At court, in his conferences with bishops and priests, in university circles, and in the seminaries, he exposed the insidious character of its tenets. At Rome he urged the authorities to have recourse to stern measures, and in France he strove hard to procure acceptance of the Roman decisions. And yet, in all his work against the Jansenists, there was nothing of the bitterness of the controversialist. He could strike hard when he wished, but he never forgot that charity is a much more effective weapon than violence. In his own person he set the example of complete submission to the authority of the Pope, and enjoined such submission on his successors. St. Vincent died in 1660. His loss was mourned, not merely by his own spiritual children, the congregation of the mission, and the sisters of charity, but by the poor of Paris and of France, to whom he was a generous benefactor, as well as by the bishops and clergy to whom he had been a friend and a guide. To his influence, more than to any other cause, is due the preservation of France to the Church in the seventeenth century. But the work of the Congregation of the Mission was not confined to France. Its disciples spread into Italy, Spain, Portugal, Poland, Ireland, and England. They went as missionaries to northern Africa to labor among the Barbary pirates, by whom St. Vincent had been captured to Madagascar, to some of the Portuguese colonies in the east, to China, and to the territories of the Sultan. At the Revolution, most of their houses in France were destroyed, and many of the Vincentians suffered martyrdom. 
when the worst storms however had passed the congregation was re-established in france and its members laboured earnestly in the spirit of its holy founder to recover much of what had been lost the founder of the sulpicians was jean-jacques olier sixteen o eight to fifty seven the friend and disciple of st vincent de paul impressed with the importance of securing a good education and training for the clergy he and a couple of companions retired to a house in vaugerard sixteen forty one where they were joined by a few seminarists who desired to place themselves under his direction later on he was offered the parish of st sulpice then one of the worst parishes in paris from the point of view of religion and morality the little company of priests working under the rules compiled by olier for their guidance soon changed completely the face of the entire district house-to-house visitations were introduced sermons suitable to the needs of the people were given catechism classes were established and in a very short time st sulpice became the model parish of the capital in sixteen forty two a little seminary was opened and rules were drawn up for the direction of the students most of whom attended the theological lectures at the sorbonne priests and students formed one community and as far as possible followed the same daily routine during their free time the students assisted in the work of the parish by visiting the sick and taking charge of classes for catechism at first olier had no intention of founding seminaries throughout france his aim was rather to make st sulpice a national seminary from which young priests might go forth properly equipped and qualified to found diocesan institutions on similar lines if their superiors favoured such an undertaking but yielding to the earnest solicitations of several of the bishops he opened seminaries in several parts of france and entrusted their administration to members of his own community the first of these was founded at nantes in sixteen forty eight during the lifetime of the founder a few of the sulpicians were dispatched to canada where they established themselves at montreal and labored zealously for the conversion of the natives like st vincent the founder of the sulpicians worked incessantly against jansenism and impressed upon his followers the duty of prompt obedience to the bishops and to the pope lessons which they seem never to have forgotten the sulpicians according to their constitution are a community of secular priests bound by no special religious vows the religious order however that did most to stern the advancing tide of heresy and to raise the drooping spirits of the catholic body during the saddest days of the sixteenth century were undoubtedly the society of jesus founded by st ignatius of loyola by birth st ignatius was a spaniard and by profession he was a soldier having been wounded at the siege of pampeluna in fifteen twenty one he turned his mind during the period of his convalescence to the study of spiritual books more particularly the lives of the saints as he read of the struggles some of these men had sustained and of the victories they had achieved he realized that martial fame was but a shadow in comparison with the glory of the saints and he determined to desert the army of spain to enroll himself among the servants of christ with the overthrow of the moorish kingdom of granada fresh in his mind it is not strange that he should have dreamt of the still greater triumph that might be secured by attacking the mohammedans in the very seat of their power and by inducing them to abandon the law of the prophet for the gospel of the christians with the intention of preparing himself for this work he bade good-bye to his friends and the associations of his youth and betook himself to a lonely retreat in manresa near montserrat where he gave himself up to meditation and prayer under the direction of a benedictine monk the result of his stay at manresa and of his communings with god are to be seen in the spiritual exercises of st ignatius a work which in the hands of his disciples has done wonders for the conversion and perfection of souls 
and which in the opinion of those competent to judge has no serious rivals except the bible and the imitation of christ from Manratza he journeyed to the holy land to visit its sacred shrines and to labor for the conversion of the infidel conquerors but having found it impossible to undertake this work at the time he returned to europe realizing that his defective education was a serious obstacle to the establishment of the religious order that he contemplated he went to work with a will to acquire the rudiments of grammar when this had been accomplished successfully he pursued his higher studies at alcala salmanaca and paris where he graduated as a doctor in fifteen thirty four but while earnest in the pursuit of knowledge he never forgot that knowledge was but a means of preparing himself for the accomplishment of the mission to which god had called him while at paris he gathered around him a group of students francis xavier lanez samarin Botadilla, Rodriguez, and faber with which body Leger, Codure, and Brouet were associated at a later period on the feast of the assumption fifteen thirty four ignatius and his companions wended their way to the summit of montmartre overlooking the city of paris where having received holy communion they pledged themselves to labor in the holy land having discovered that this project was almost impossible they determined to place themselves at the disposal of the pope in rome ignatius explained the objects and rules of the proposed society to paul the third and his advisers in september fifteen forty the approval of the pope was obtained though with certain restrictions which were abolished in fifteen forty three and in the following year ignatius was elected first general of the society of jesus st ignatius had the greatest respect for the older religious orders the benedictines the dominicans and the franciscans to all of which he was deeply indebted but he believed that the new conditions under which his followers would be called upon to do battle for christ necessitated new rules and a new constitution the society of jesus was not to be a contemplative order seeking only the salvation of its own members its energies were not to be confined to any particular channel no extraordinary fast or austerities were imposed nor was the solemn chanting of the office or the use of a particular dress insisted upon the society was to work for the greater glory of god in whatever way the circumstances demanded on one thing only did st ignatius lay peculiar emphasis and that was the absolute necessity of obedience to superiors in all things lawful and above all of obedience to the pope the wisdom of this injunction is evident enough at all times but particularly in an age when religious authority even that of the successor of st peter was being called in question by so many members of the society were forbidden to seek or accept any ecclesiastical dignities or preferments the constitution of the society of jesus was not drawn up with undue haste st ignatius laid down rules for his followers but it was only when the value of these regulations had been tested by practice that he embodied them in the constitution endorsed by the first general congregation held in fifteen fifty eight according to the constitution complete administrative authority is vested in the general who is elected by a general congregation and holds office for life he is assisted by a council consisting of a representative from each province the provincials rectors of colleges heads of professed houses and masters of novices are appointed by the general usually however only for a definite number of years while all minor officials are appointed by the provincial the novitiate lasts for two years during which time candidates for admission to the order are engaged almost entirely in prayer meditation and spiritual reading when the novitiate has been completed the scholasticate begins 
students are obliged to read a course in arts and philosophy and to teach in some of the colleges of the society after which they proceed to the study of theology when the theological course has been ended they are admitted as coadjutors or professed members according to their ability and conduct between these two bodies the coadjutors and the professed there is very little difference except that the professed in addition to the ordinary vows pledge themselves to go wherever the pope may send them and besides it is from this body as a rule that the higher officials of the order are selected lay brothers are also attached to the society when the society of jesus was founded protestantism had already made great strides in northern europe and though the latin countries were not then affected no man could foresee what change a decade of years might bring st ignatius adopted the best precautions against the spread of heresy while he himself remained in rome engaged in organizing the members of his society and in establishing colleges and charitable institutions he sent his followers to all parts of italy bishops availed themselves freely of their services as preachers and teachers colleges were opened in venice naples bologna florence and in many other leading cities st charles borromeo became the patron and defender of the society in milan everywhere the labors of the jesuits led to a great religious revival while by means of their colleges they strengthened the faith of the rising generation in spain too the home of st ignatius the jesuits received a friendly welcome their colleges were crowded with students as were their churches with the faithful difficulties indeed arose owing to the tendency of some of the spanish jesuits to have none but spanish superiors but with a little prudence these difficulties were overcome in fifteen ninety three most of the best-known writers on ecclesiastical subjects vasquez suarez de lugo and ripalda on dogmatic theology sanchez on moral theology and maldonatus and Ira on scripture belonged to the spanish province in france the society met with serious difficulties at first hatred of spain and of everything that savoured of spanish origin dislike of what was considered the excessive loyalty of the society to the pope and jealousy on the part of the university of paris were the principal obstacles that were to be overcome but notwithstanding these the jesuits found a home in paris where they opened the college to clermont louis le grand and they founded similar colleges in several of the leading cities of france in the struggle against the calvinists they were of great assistance to the catholic body the progress of their numerous colleges and the influence which they acquired over the young men roused the fierce opposition of the university but being befriended by the court where they were retained as royal confessors the jesuits were enabled to hold their ground during the wars of the league against henry the third and henry of navarre though their position was one of extreme delicacy the prudent action of their general aquaviva in recommending his subjects to respect the consciences of both parties save the situation they were however expelled from paris in fifteen ninety four but henry the fourth allowed them to return in sixteen o three in the german states and poland where the fate of catholicity seemed trembling in the balance the jesuit fathers stayed what threatened to be a triumphal progress for protestantism st ignatius soon dispatched some of his disciples to the scene of conflict under the leadership of the blessed peter canisius by his sermons his lectures as professor his prudent suggestions to those in authority as well as by his controversial writings and more particularly his celebrated catechism canisius did more to stay the advance of protestantism in germany than any single individual of his age colleges were founded in vienna ingolstadt treves mainz and in most of the cities of germany that were not subject to the protestant princes 
from these colleges went forth young men who were determined to resist the further encroachment of heresy maximilian of bavaria and the emperor ferdinand the second both of whom took such a prominent part in the catholic counter-reformation were pupils of the jesuits and were but types of the men who left their colleges in hungary too and in poland the tide was turned in favour of the catholic church mainly by the exertions of the jesuits in ireland england and scotland in the netherlands and sweden in a word wherever catholic interests were endangered the jesuits risked their lives in defence of the catholic religion it is on account of the defeats that they inflicted on heresy at this period that the hatred of the jesuits is so deep-rooted and so universal amongst protestants even to the present day the ursulines so called from their patron saint ursula began as a religious association of pious ladies formed by angela de merici angela of brescia in fifteen thirty seven at first the aim of the association was to reclaim fallen women to visit the sick and to educate the young the members lived in their own homes according to a scheme of life drawn up for their guidance meeting only for certain spiritual exercises in fifteen thirty five the founders succeeded in bringing a few of them together into a small community after her death in fifteen forty the community increased in numbers and was approved by paul the third who allowed the ursulines to change their rules according to circumstances for a long time the ursulines did not spread outside brescia but as their work became known particularly their work as educationalists they were invited to other parts of italy in milan they had a warm friend in the person of its cardinal archbishop st charles borromeo the first community of the ursulines was formed in france by madame de Beuve. a role was drawn up by father gonteret s j and others of his society and approved by paul v sixteen twelve in a comparatively short time the ursulines spread over most of the catholic countries of europe so that nearly all the most modern and best equipped schools for catholic girls were in their hands in sixteen thirty nine they went to canada where they opened the convent known as the hotel Dieu at quebec and in seventeen twenty seven they settled in new orleans st teresa fifteen fifteen to eighty two is the reformer rather than the foundress of the carmelite nuns being anxious from an early age to follow her religious vocation much against the wishes of her father she entered the convent of the carmelite nuns at avila fifteen thirty five after her profession she fell ill and for years was subject to excruciating torture during this period she turned her mind completely to spiritual subjects and was visited by god with most extraordinary marks of divine favour an account of which is to be found in her life written by herself in her relations and in many other of her works she determined to return to the primitive austerity of the carmelite rule and in fifteen sixty two she founded the first convent of discalced carmelite nuns at avila through her exertions other convents of the order adopted the reform and in fifteen eighty the existence of the discalced carmelites as a separate order was approved she died in fifteen eighty two and forty years later she was canonized by gregory the fifteenth the sisters of the visitation were established by st francis de sales and st francis de chantel st francis de sales fifteen sixty seven to sixteen twenty two so called from the castle of sales in savoy at which he was born made his rhetoric and philosophical studies at paris under the jesuits from paris he went to padua for law and having received his diploma he returned to his native country where his father had secured for him a place as senator and had arranged a very desirable marriage but st francis feeling that he had been called by god to another sphere of life threw up his position at the bar 
accepted the office of provost of the chapter of geneva and received holy orders fifteen ninety three a great part of the diocese of geneva was at this time overrun by the heretics st francis threw himself with ardor into the work of converting those who had fallen away especially in the district of la Champlaise, where he won over thousands to the faith he became coadjutor bishop of geneva and on the death of his friend claude de grenier he was appointed to the see sixteen o two in conjunction with madame de chantal he established a community of women in annecy in sixteen ten his idea at first was that the little community should not be bound by the enclosure but should devote themselves to their own sanctification and to the visitation of the sick and the poor objections however having been raised against such an innovation he drew up for the community a rule based mainly on the rule of st augustine in sixteen eighteen the society received recognition as a religious order under the title of the order of the visitation of the blessed virgin the order undertook the work of educating young girls as well as of visiting the sick it spread rapidly in italy france germany poland and later on in the united states the sisters of charity or the gray sisters as they were called were founded by st vincent de paul while st vincent was curate of chantillon las dombes he established in the parish a confraternity of charitable ladies for the care of the sick the poor and the orphans the experiment was so successful that he founded similar confraternities in paris and wherever he gave missions throughout the country having found however that in paris the ladies of charity were accustomed to entrust the work to their servants he brought a number of young girls from the country who could be relied upon to carry out his wishes these he looked after with a special solicitude and in sixteen thirty three madame legrasse took a house in paris where she brought together a few of the most promising of them to form a little community in sixteen forty two after the community had moved into a house opposite st lazare some of the sisters were allowed to take vows the sisters of charity have been at all times exceedingly popular in france by their schools their orphanages their hospitals and by their kindness to the poor and the suffering they won for themselves a place in the hearts of the french people for a while during the worst days of the revolution their work was suspended and their communities were disbanded but their suppression was deplored so generally that in eighteen o one the spurious was commanded to reorganize the society outside france the sisters of charity had several houses in poland switzerland spain and germany mary ward fifteen eighty five to sixteen forty five was born of a good catholic family in england she joined the poor clares at st omer in sixteen hundred but preferring an active to a contemplative life she gathered around her a few companions and formed a little community at st omer mainly for the work of education according to her plan which was derived in great measure from the constitution of the society of jesus hence the name jesuitesses given to her followers by her opponents her sisters were not bound by the enclosure were not to wear any distinctive dress and were to be subject directly only to rome serious objections were raised immediately against such an institute particularly as pius v had declared expressly that the enclosure and solemn vows were essential conditions for the recognition of religious communities of women branches were opened in the netherlands austria and italy under the patronage of the highest civil authorities as the opponents of the community continued their attacks the founders were summoned to rome to make her defence sixteen twenty nine but in the following year the decree of suppression was issued the house in munich was allowed to continue and at the advice of the pope she opened a house in rome the principal change introduced was that the houses should be subject to the bishops of the diocese in which they were situated 
at last in seventeen o three on the petition of maximilian emmanuel of bavaria and of mary the wife of james the second the rule was approved formally by clement the eleventh the society continued to spread especially in bavaria the followers of mary ward are designated variously the institute of mary Englische Fraulein and loretto nuns from the name given to loretto farnham the mother house of the irish branch founded by francis ball in eighteen twenty one end of section nineteen